Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to the 240th uh, episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Reza, you have a big day tomorrow. Yeah, it's the first day of of big boy work i guess you can call it i i don't like to like try to sell short what i was doing in the past my my phd my graduate assistant work because like that research work was is was very much and is because it's still ongoing to, to some degree very much like real work um mm-hmm. obviously there are differences in terms of what the deliverable is and there are differences in terms of what the timeline is. And and really just by the nature of the lab and the group that I was in, I think there are differences in what I would expect to find in your typical workplace environment. Um, but with that said, the stress, the difficulty of the problems at hand, um, some of the politics that are involved are certainly going to be experienced in this next job. Also, I am working in an academics environment, so it's not going to be quite that shift to the industrial setting that I think some people are kind of thinking that I'll be experiencing. Again, so, not I don't want to like sell short. Like there are going to be differences. I certainly am aware of that. Um, I, I know that some stuff I'm is just. I think one of the hardest things that's going to that I might have to experience is learning how to put whatever it is that I'm working down at you know like 5 p.m or whatever it is especially since i have a train to catch and if i miss that train i gotta wait like an hour or so right and i'm gonna have a baby at home so it's not really gonna be uh ideal if i were to be missing trains and showing up extra late unannounced yeah um i think you'll also learn this idea of like there's always tomorrow yeah uh, i don't know how how time sensitive would you say that your work would might be at this place in terms of like needing to get a deliverable out because uh, of some unmissable uh, deadline. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it depends on how likely it is that there are other people working on the same thing. So in terms of academia, you're oftentimes competing with other labs around the na- around the world, not even just the nation, around the world who could be working on something very similar and you don't want to get scooped when it comes to the work that you're doing. So oftentimes you are trying to be the first person to say, hey, I've made this really cool discovery mm-hmm. because if you are the first person to say, I've made this really cool discovery, then you're going to be the person who gets to publish in the highest quality journal that that work is deemed, you know, that that, that that those journals deem worthy of your work at least. Gotcha. And so if there are like, if it, if it's say you're sequencing the human genome, there can be multiple groups working on that and they're all competing because they say, Hey, we really want to be the first group to say we've sequenced the human genome. And at the time there was a public and private efforts that were being pushed. And it was almost, it was more or less a tie. But if, if, if you and I are say are working on the same thing and we're competing and it's just really, really, really cool thing. And we'll say that we're both pu- trying to publish in like the highest possible journeys journal. So that's either like nature or science. Then, um, if I get the work done first and say you're like a month or two behind me, then you're, it's unlikely that nature or science, especially if the work is already published in, in people's hands and they're able to read it, it's less likely that those journals are going to want to publish your paper because you're saying, hey, look, I did this really cool thing. 
it's actually the same as something else. It's also it's the same finding that Reza made, but uh, you know, it's 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 a whole lot of work went into it. Like they, they're going to be less inclined to publish it because it was already published. These same conclusions were already drawn before. Maybe some of the techniques were a little different. The data is going to be a little different, but more or less the results are the same. So that is that is what you're you're competing against. And oftentimes, you might have an idea as to who else is working on something that's similar because of how close-knit the scientific community can be. Um, however, you'd never know for sure exactly how close other people are. So oftentimes it's that self-pressure to say, hey, I need to get this work done because it is not completely unique. There are other humans who are working on the same thing, who've had the same ideas, and I want to be first. So there can be that, there can be that pressure. It, I don't, like I, I just can't know for sure exactly how hard these uh, professors will be pushing to make that type of stuff happen. But at the same time, I am not a grad student. I'm not a postdoc, so I am like I, I have. I'm supposed to have a work life balance, and this is one of the questions that I certainly asked during the interview process, and um, I was given a positive answer that I deemed positive at least that they have a strong work life balance. They, they oftentimes find themselves doing that. You know the. They, they're able to put the work down at, you know, the the the, the eight hours or whatever it might be. Yeah. And and nobody's like questioning them like, oh, if they're trying to go home to their families or whatever. Like, yeah, they put the time in for the day. They're good. Yeah. I wonder if you'll have Slack access. Yeah, that's a great question. I was looking at the um, I was looking at the policies because I had a lot of this information uh, on Friday, I think. And so I was reading through some of it. And from what I can tell, I don't think they locked down my access to sites or anything like that mm-hmm. but they do have like they do seem to have some type of like bandwidth requirements or or like it's i don't think they're necessarily metering my internet access but they might look at to see like oh this device res- registered to reza is using up tons of data like what what is, is he is he watching netflix all day like you know that type of thing yeah. um but as far as like slack and and I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm restricted from from like accessing or installing anything. As gotcha. far as I, as far as I can tell from the information that was given, yeah. it seemed very much like a, please just don't be dumb type of thing. You well, know, yeah. we're not. Don't don't pirate. Like, are you torrenting? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know. Right. 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 Uh, so yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, so, so like going with that though, uh, I, I just submitted my my uh, dissertation, to. Uh, ProQuest, which is like the publishing group or whatever that publishes dissertations. So I was telling you before we signed on that I am about, I'll say 99% complete with it. The only thing that I would have to change at this point. So it's, it's, it's submitted. I've even paid for like the hardbound copy of it. But what happens is the graduate office will, will do a once over of it and not to actually read the content, but just to make sure that all of the format, all the formatting guidelines have been adhered, have been adhered to. So confirm that the margins are correct, that the table of contents is the proper format, that the figures show up the way they need to be shown up, I don't know, whatever they'll do. And so if everything is, is good, then they'll just approve it and then the process like then it's hundred percent done. If there are any issues, they will ping me and give me a, a breakdown of what's messed up. I'll fix it, re-upload the PDF, and then they'll mm-hmm. recheck it to make sure that I've that I've uh, adjusted everything that they called out. They're right. not doing any type of like they're not reading it though. They're not going to be doing grammar check or any of that type type of stuff. That's just on you. That's on me. That's all done. 
this is really just formatting. So when I say 99%, it's probably a little more than 99%, I guess, if you will. Yeah, it seems <laughs> like it. It's really just a make sure that the formatting is good yeah. and um, and then it gets published. So, yeah, that's – I I just did that quickly earlier today because I had kind of been slacking on it. There was some stuff that I was kind of sitting on um, for no real good reason other than just because I guess it was like, okay, this is officially it. I can't make any more changes after that. And I was kind of just sitting on it thinking – what else is there? But at this point, there's nothing. Yeah. Um, do you know what you're going to do tonight to like prep for first day of work tomorrow? Like, do you pack a lunch? Do you have a backpack? Like, what are you what are you bringing? I don't even know exactly what I'm gonna, what I need. I will take my my laptop and um, just a notebook, pen, pens and pencils. Yeah. But Bring tomorrow is orientation. No, I don't think so. I think uh, I think on the train tomorrow I might just do some reading. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not even positive yet. There's some work that I could do, but I don't really like the idea of I don't like my laptop for working on the train. There's no like surface that I can place it on other than my lap, and that's fine. But the laptop is a bit beefier, mm-hmm. so I think what I would like to do is to be able to utilize my. Um, so when I say work, I mean my my the work from my. I guess, old job at this point, the, the couple of projects that I need to wrap up. And so I can do some local work with that. But generally what I, my idea, my ideal situation on the train would be to have a lighter, like Ultrabook, a 13 inch type of laptop, super sleek, super light that I can easily place on my lap and just do some work from that. And that would be like new job work. Um, but so tomorrow I think I'll just, you know, read a book and uh, I don't, I don't think I'll try to sleep. That'd be devastating, like sleeping. Oh, you know oh. what? What am I talking about? I'm not even riding the train tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, I have to drive. Really? How long is that drive? It's about an hour-ish. And since the orientation starts at 7.30, it's before rush hour. Okay. So I need to leave I need to leave my, my, my place at 6 o'clock at the latest. Yeah, I think you should leave at 6. Yeah. So I will be taking... Um, I don't even know like if they're pro- providing lunch. I'll double check the email, but I don't think they mentioned anything about that. So I'll probably I'll probably pack a lunch, um, just take my laptop and uh, notebook, so mm-hmm. I can take notes. I I prefer to type. I can type way faster than I can write, and it's a whole lot neater for me. But yeah, I also don't think I really need to take notes either. So I think it's just like, going to be a huge like information type of dump thing. Basically, everybody who's being brought on board in all sorts of different positions at the ho- at the hospital are going to be going through the same orientation. So there'll be a lot of like patient care, confidentiality type of things, and I'm not doing that. So, oh, it's like one of those a, like global, yeah, uh, yeah, orientations. Like, uh, doctors and nurses, techs, uh, everybody's probably has to go through this. And I'm a dude doing research in a in a lab, working with academics in a separate building. I'm not even. I'm like I'm a hospital employee, but I'm not. I'm, not even working with patients so um but it'll still be you know worth hearing you know like they got they got to give it i'm sure at some point i'll come across patient i'll come i will come across patient data and it obviously makes sense that i know the rules when it comes to that mm-hmm. all so, right yeah. man yeah so that's all i got uh are, I, are you back on the are you then back on like the podcast slash uh ebook like audiobook that is a good question. I've been listening to pod. I've transitioned to, to Spotify full time for for podcasts. Okay. 
I think they must have made an update like the last time that we complained about it because I haven't had that issue where podcasts have restarted on me. I have. You have. Oh, yeah, okay. it's still a little frustrating. It doesn't happen nearly as often, but it certainly still happens. I wonder if it's because I'm not listening to it on my computer. That might be the reason because I'm Maybe. not going back and forth between my computer and phone. I think that was why I noticed it initially. It's like, oh, I'm listening in the office, listen to like 10, 15 minutes here, go to the car, listen to it, and then it's like, bam, restarted. Um, so I haven't been having the issue, but probably because I'm not listening on my computer as often. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I just caught up on, the re- on Revisionist History with Malcolm Gladwell. How did uh, you I, like the second season of that or the third season? The third season. Um, I didn't like the third season as much as I like the second and first. I don't even remember many of the episodes in the second or I'm sorry, in the third. Um, is it the fourth season that's on right now? I think it's the I, fourth. It may be. It may be. So I liked the episodes in the fourth. Um, I'm looking quickly again. So there was the, the good old boys where mm-hmm. he was talking about um, Lester Maddox, the former uh, Georgia governor, who had who was kind of similar in some sense to to Trump. Um, Tempest at a Teacup, which was also a really interesting episode, talking about the history of the Boston Tea Party and how many of the people, many of the revolutionaries of the Boston Tea Party were actually smugglers. And he was equating them to being like mobsters. Uh, the Tortoise and the Hare and Puzzle Rush was a two-part episode. That Those are probably my favorite episodes uh, of this season. He was talking about the LSATs and why is it that uh, we in America use standardized testing so heavily to, to determine where students go to college, especially when it comes to uh, law school. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, oftentimes, the work of a lawyer is this like behind-the-scenes, slow, monotonous reading type of stuff that you have to do. And the LSAT, they deliberately design it so that you have to – so that you have – you don't have enough time to process every word of these passages that you read. Right. And so the goal of the LSAT is really to intentionally stress you and see how much you can retain and understand under these super tight timelines where nobody or almost nobody will be able to fully comprehend the passages that they're reading and how – uh, how perfectly you have to do it in order to get into schools like Harvard and Yale and how you, the door could be slammed on you if you don't get that, you know, um, coveted, you know, whatever score. I thought that was a really interesting episode, just talking about standardized testing, because it's something that I've certainly thought about myself, but that's also coming from someone who's kind of struggles when it comes to standardized tests. Mm-hmm. And my reasonings, my thought process is always, well, this isn't really representative of what I'd be doing on the job. And I don't necessarily feel this This makes a proper metric to determine what would make a good student at your at whatever university. But, um, you know, it was it was definitely a good episode. Definitely recommend that one. But uh, in terms of audiobooks, I haven't listened to an audiobook in a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. 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 Um... I think especially when since I would be riding the train and most of my time wouldn't be – I wouldn't be the person – like I wouldn't be um, – I'm not going to be driving for most of the, my commute. I think it's just a lot easier for me to read rather than to listen to someone read to me. Yeah, so that's very fair. That would probably be the way. But if I am doing like lighthearted working, um, like literally the way I, I was mentioning before, if I'm doing this on a laptop or something and it's just kind of – sort of monotonous or tedious or whatever doesn't require my full brain power i think i would do a podcast rather than an audiobook on the train oh i see okay yeah 
Yeah. Uh, so, not only is tomorrow a big day for you, it's also a big day for me. Yeah? W- I turn what's... 30 tomorrow. All right. Yeah. I, I don't know why I keep... I, I obviously know tomorrow's July 15th. I'm like... I'm, I was very well aware. I was like, okay, uh, first, my, my start date is Danny's birthday. But right now, just didn't didn't even, like, occur to me. Yeah. Happy happy birthday, bud. By the time people are listening to this, it's going to be your birthday. Yeah. You're hitting 30. Um, Thank you. Are, did you take the day off? No, I'm going to work. Yeah, yeah you're too uh, old for that. Yeah. We, uh, we have a couple of really important meetings I got to make, so. um, No, it's uh, tomorrow's uh, the big 30. Uh, Carol and I will be going to dinner at this place called Resdora in the city it's like uh i think it's italian for a grandmother or something like that and the idea is one uh one of the main chefs there used to work at one of the top restaurants in the world in Modena. uh you know the first season of chef's table yeah the first no, i haven't episode. watched them but but okay i have seen that first episode though <laughs> yeah the very first episode in uh, italy uh, he used to uh-huh. work in that restaurant, and now he is in. Uh, now he's in New York, so we're oh, gonna cool. get dinner there. It took me like uh, restaurant. Uh, what's it called reservations were hard to get, but that way. Um, yeah. But uh, yesterday, Did you have to bribe. Yeah, right. Um, it's just like it's all these things are about like just knowing uh, the number of days out that they open up reservations for, and then getting on at literally midnight. And picking the time you want and then moving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, uh, on Saturday, Carolyn took me on this uh, pizza tour called Scott's Pizza Tours. And is this uh, like is this affiliated with Scott's Cheap Flights? Yeah, right. Same Scott. Uh, Same. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Scott's a fan of flying or Scott's a fan of pizza. A uh, fan of both things. No, uh, Scott came to the office and gave, like, this really incredible, like, passionate presentation on pizza. He's, like, a subject matter expert on pizza. He can tell you, like, all these things about the ovens, uh, about how they're constructed and how it works to make pizza. He knows, like, the anthropological history of pizza, all the ingredients, like, modern-day stuff. Like, if, if it's something that has to do with pizza... Or even like tangentially related to pizza, uh, he's got it, and so that's really exciting to like to be on the receiving end of someone who like just is so passionate about a subject, and you can just tell that like it, uh, you can just tell just by like hanging out with somebody, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, that tour started in brooklyn in borham hill and originally when we went there the idea was that you know she surprised me i didn't i had no idea we were doing this and we were not going to have scott as our tour guide but when we got there he was standing there he goes oh i'm subbing in i was like all right that's amazing that uh <laughs> yeah that he's gonna that he's gonna sub in for this yeah uh but we started at this first place it like traditional neapolitan pizza so there's kinds of pizzas that you had in italy you know uh like a really spongy crust uh all of the uh all of the really fresh ingredients and not only uh not only about that that kind of stuff but 
you know, how like different places make the pizza. And so he said that he never, he didn't want to take us to three different places, uh, three places that served really similar pizza. Right. Yeah. Of and course. so the th- uh, he took us to three places all along Atlantic Avenue. And the first place is a uh, Neapolitan style pizza. The second place was a Neapolitan New York hybrid style. And the last one is like what pizza looked like when it first came to New York. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so the first one was, like, a brick-style, like, classic Italian oven that was shipped in from Naples. He said it, uh, it was two ton. It's a two-ton oven. And, and he shipped it from Naples? Yeah, and they, they couldn't could wheel it. <laughs> yeah, right, they couldn't wheel it in to the, uh, to the, the restaurant because of, yeah, because the floors were too weak. So they wow. illegally uh, closed off the street, and using a crane, they lifted it over the building and put it down in the back. How do you do that illegally? Like, how do you how do you get that that amount of time? That had to take had to have taken a while, right? Somebody had yeah, to right? noticed. I guess they just paid the fee. You just got to pay the fee yeah. at a certain point. You know what I mean? Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, but the first one, like the oven, the way it works is like he's he. Sh- basically really quickly told us the difference between a pizza oven and your oven at home yeah. is that your oven at home only uses convection style heating. It just right. uh, heats up the air and moves that shit around, right? right. These pizza style ovens uses three modes of heating. I think it was con- as a conduction, convection, and radiation or induction. I think it might be induction, convection. So the idea is like the, the surface is really hot the air is really hot and like uh and something else is really hot there's it's just three modes and it's certainly going to be one of the reasons why you get such a different type of pizza though like immediately you could tell just like the surface and one yeah. of the reasons why pizza stone is so key because it really gets the bottom of the pizza you know it, it cooks the bottom of the pizza properly exactly so it's, he it's really hard to replicate that in your oven at home right so what he did was he took a uh he took a pizza dough right and right. he like uh, sort of kneaded it out real quick, and he threw it in the oven. And then he goes, "This is what happens. Like I'm gonna show you, like you know, all the what happens when you cook it without toppings. And then it basically pops, it puffs up into a pita, right? Right. And he goes, "That's because when the air is trying to release uh, or escape, that the top there's nothing on top of it to weigh it down." Right. And also, because there's nothing there to weigh it down, it's uh, an uneven t- uh, sort of – like the, the surface is uneven on, on the bottom of it, so it doesn't cook evenly. And yeah, so yeah. they go so – like way back when, these uh, bakers would use – they would cook pizzas to cool down the oven before they could actually start to bake bread. And what they would do is use like these like the the dough and throw really 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 cheap ingredients on top of it like tomatoes like pig fat, all that stuff just to like make sure that it touches every uh, part of the oven floor, so that it could like actually cool down the oven. So I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. The oven there like got up to nine hundred degrees, and when we cooked it pie, wow. it was a it took about a minute and twenty seconds. Wow. And, like, you know, the first place was really good. I really like Neapolitan style pizzas. And the second place yep. we went to, called Luzo's. Uh, first place was uh, Suto Casa. Uh, second place was Luzo's. And Luzo's, what they do is. Real uh, quick, sorry. Have you, yeah. been, have you been to any of the places that they. That they I haven't. I haven't. Really? Okay. Yeah. So that was exciting, right. too. Yeah. All right. Sorry um, about that. 
no, it's fine. The first place also uses a, a particular type of flour. It was like Caputo Blue mm-hmm. Label. It has about like 12% uh, protein in it. And okay. the second place. That's a lot. Yeah, second place, they use a blend of the Caputo Blue Label, the Double Zero, and right. the other one is uh, like General Mills something or other, like a, a particular brand of General Mills flour. And so this is like a hybrid thing. And we could tell because the uh, crust was a touch crispier, you know? And he goes, like, the, the key that you find out when you're rolling out a pizza is that, you know, you ever hold a piece of pizza? Do you fold your, your slices? Sometimes. Or, or do you it, it eat them open face? It, 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 I'll eat them open faced if the pizza will support it, if it allows yeah. it. But if the pizza is too flimsy, too, if the crust is too uh, thin, I will 100% fold it. Yeah. So that flimsy part in the middle, right? He goes, the reason why that happens is because that is uh, indicative of the fact that it was pr- um, pressed too much. It's mm-hmm. too thin in the, in the center. He goes, the master right. pizza makers make it so that it's one consistent uh, thickness all the way until the edge. And then you have okay. like that nice crust. So like that, he goes, that's a, that's a real skill that people have. So when right. you pick, pick up a piece of pizza, it should be able to support the weight of it. I mean, obviously, right. it's dependent on like how crazy you get with the toppings. But uh, the second one, we, so every place we went to, we got a margarita style pizza. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know, mozzarella, tomatoes, and uh, a little bit of basil. basil. Yep. It's it's arguably my favorite pizza. Oh, like, 100%. Yeah, it's so good. Mine, mine as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's basically like the caprese, you know what I mean? And I love yeah. caprese and, and other things. Yeah. Um, And what we found with this one was the sauce was a little bit tangier, um, but the crust was amazing. It, it really held itself, right? And we had Did- one slice everywhere. Did they talk to you about the sauces that they use and how they made it? Yeah, so we'll get there. Um, okay. Uh, and I'll save that for the final spot because he really blew my mind with this one thing. Um, You're really getting me going right now because I haven't made a pizza in so long now. I used to, I, I told you before I, I was making a lot of pizzas and it got to the point that I was almost making pizza once a week. Uh-huh. And then we just like stopped cold turkey. Like ever since ever since we came back from England, we, I probably only, I've only done it like once in the last six months. Mm-hmm. But uh, the last Gotta place we went to was a coal-fired oven called Table 87. Yeah. And it's, and, uh, it's a little bit of a lower temperature because you use anthracite coal, which is different than charcoal. Uh, anthracite coal is like the rock, right? Like 97% carbon or something. And like charcoal is like wood in a sense. Um, it's like a man-made material. But uh, what was interesting about this place was the sauce was incredibly rich and a little sweet and we had this debate the entire time he was like you know you've heard of the san marzano tomato right yes is that the tomato that you use i've used it a couple of times um that's the only time that's the only tomato that i've ever been like particular about getting Mm -hmm. um other times that i've made the sauce i've just kind of been pick up pick up whatever i can get either like fresh tomatoes throw them in or or whatever else but yeah go ahead yeah, so uh, he took out these two plates of uh, of tomatoes, like crushed tomato, like to crush, but like you know, tomatoes in a can before you like start to make the sauce. Right. Um. And he goes, "All right, I'm not going to tell you which ones they are, but tell me, you know, take a bite out of this one and take a bite of the other one, and uh, you let me know how much you like them." 
And so we take a play of the first one, and it's, you know, it's a little bit, uh, instead of just red, it's a little bit like light red slash orange. It looks a little droopy, tastes a little acidic, definitely tastes like a tomato, but not something that's like, you know, like really like in your face. And then we tried the second one, and it was like, it was like we were chewing on pasta sauce. It was that rich. Wow. And then he goes, uh... We find out that the richer uh, pasta uh, pasta sauce tasting um, tomato is actually a California tomato, uh, a Stanislaus uh, like canner does them, and what the Stanislaus like canning company does is they only uh, work with farms within a four hour radius of their canning facility the idea is from vine to can no more than four hours if it's more than four hours uh it's sold they still sell it but it's sold under a different label okay and so it's like i i'm really trying to find um those kinds of uh tomatoes he did say that the trader joe's can of tomatoes is actually really really good hmm. yeah so we'll uh we'll see if it's uh if it's any good the and so like it's sort of like people you know kept asking me like what is your, what was your, your favorite slice that you had and i want to say it was the second place but in all honesty it's more of like a hybrid i like the cheese from yeah. the first place sauce from the last place and the crust from the middle place <laughs> you know that's so, awesome yeah man it was great i mean it, it, it's awesome in terms of it that's cool that you're able to kind of get that experience it sucks that you can't get that hybrid pizza yeah like, but damn, why can't you guys just collaborate yeah what's nice though is that now like we have a little bit more understanding of uh of the science behind stuff uh and so it might be, uh, it might it might make it so that we understand more of like where uh, like why things taste a certain way. He said, you know, it's about like understanding what's going on, so you like you can decide if you are hating the player or hating the game. You know, like right. if you don't like Neapolitan pizza and you come to a place that only makes Neapolitan pizza, you know, you can't hate the player for that. You gotta hate the game. Yeah, that's 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 just what they're doing. But if you like Neapolitan pizza and they're doing something weird. And it's like not, uh, and you're not getting what you want. That's some, that's something different. So yeah. that, yeah. So we did that, and then for dinner, that was during the day. At dinner, my parents actually drove up, and we all got dinner at this place, this Korean place called Kawi, uh, in Hudson Yards. Uh, you know where that like new like uh, honeycomb structure is? Yeah, I don't uh, actually know where it is, but I I remember in the Slack channel we were talking about it for a bit. I was like, I can't yeah. believe this is a real thing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's like the second or f- first nice, like the the nicest mall right now. Uh, I know I've talked about it in the past, but uh, so we were eating there, and like the food's really good. We're all having a good time, and then the power goes out. Oh, actually, before that, um, you you know you've taken the train to the thirty fourth Street station before, right? Yeah, like uh all the way on Hudson Yards where you've got to take that, that really, really, really long escalator up. Have you been uh, to that okay. station before? I ha- I think I have. 
Right. It's almost like re- it's reminiscent of the uh, London Underground. Yeah. So when we got out of the subway there, we we tried to go up one of the uh, escalators, and we found out at the base that like, oh, it's not working. So like, fuck it, like we're not gonna actually walk up this thing, right? So we go to the other one, and it turns out that they're all down. So yeah. like this, like this is like a three minute escalator that we had to walk up, wow. and people are in not good shape. Yeah. Even I like to think that I was in pretty decent shape. It's stairs, man. Stairs are tough. Yeah, and let me tell you, like it was tough. What what I really found, um, what I didn't appreciate about other people was like just stopping while they're walking, and mm. just like saying like, oh, you know what? Like I'm tired. I'm 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 gonna take a I'm gonna take a beat here. It's like no, you can't take a beat here because there are like a hundred people behind me. And you just stopping now is almost like this is how uh, car accidents happen. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we had to walk up there, and then we get into the mall, and there's five floors of this mall, and so instead of like, you know, being super, uh, getting super lost and just figuring out, uh, I just asked somebody who worked like the sort of security, like they have like these greeters. Yeah. Um, and I was like, hey, uh, where is Kawi? He goes, oh, it's the fifth floor down over there. I go. Are the escalators a better option, or should we just wait for the elevator? And he goes, actually, none of them are working right now. <laughs> so we walked up five floors of like escalators. We get there. We we were supposed to leave early, so that and we did leave early in the uh, in the hope that um, we wouldn't be rushing, that yeah. we would uh, get there without sweating too much. Uh, but. You know, we we sh- we showed up and I was a perfect mess. I was I was a hot mess. It was really bad. Um, and you know, we're eating dinner. We're getting to the dessert portion, and then the power goes out and all the lights go out. And thankfully, there was like one big light that must have been on a generator or something. Yeah. Uh, that was still on, but it uh, all the lights were out, and we were like, well. The, uh, the server comes over and goes, yeah, so I know you were, like, hoping to get the other uh, the other dessert, but until the power comes back on, I don't think it's going to be possible. Like, yeah, we'll wait. You know, we're not in too much of a rush. And then he comes over, like, 20 minutes later. He goes, yeah, so listen, like, we're closing off the kitchen, um, and, you know, we're going to – we have to handwrite all of the, bill, uh, the bills. Yep. Um, and then if you, if you want to pay cash, you're totally allowed to do that. If, uh, if you want to, if you want to leave your card, like we'll write down your card, credit card information, and then the manager will put it in the safe and we'll run it tomorrow. And so thankfully my parents, you know, my dad walks around with a good amount of cash on him. Uh, and my, my mom does too. And so what's it called? You know, pay cash, and then like when we walk out, like the mall is deserted. Really? Yeah, because clear out that fast. Well, they were kicking. I think they were kicking out everyone out of the mall. Okay. Uh, And then when we walked into the street, like there is bumper to bumper traffic because none of the uh, traffic Traffic lights lights work, and so we have cops trying to like make their way through traffic, and. 
That's nuts. It's, dude, it was it was a mess. And so 70,000 people lost power last night because a transformer fire uh, sort of created a blackout in the west side of Midtown and the upper west side. And so we walked my parents back to the Penn Station area because they were staying near Penn Station. And my parents were like, they call me and they go, listen, like, there's only one elevator that works in the uh, hotel. They're taking up five people at a time. They're, they can get you into your room, but there's no power. You can certainly, like, crack the windows open, but it's, you know, it is what it is. It's going to be hot. It's going to be real warm. And my parents, uh, you know, they when they grew up, there was no AC, right? And so they're they're okay with it. Um I mean, not okay wow. with it, but you know, for them, the power came back yeah. on at twelve fifty four in the morning. My pa- my sister went into the subway, and you know, there's no AC anywhere. There's like very little lights, and she goes, "People had their dicks out everywhere." I go, "What? What?" Yeah, he goes. She goes. Some people just use that as a moment to either let it hang. Some people were peeing everywhere, and she goes, "I just hate the city." What? I know. She just sent it. She it doesn't make out. any sense. It doesn't make any sense. There's no no <laughs> part of that story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. No she part just, of that story flowed from point A to point B. It was yeah. just there no. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's just that's what she said. Um but thankfully she got back home and she didn't lose power. Now uh there were cops everywhere, uh like directing traffic. Some I think you saw one of the videos this morning on uh on like the front page of Reddit, yeah, there's like a random dude also yep. uh, conducting traffic. But uh, yeah, I saw there were volunteers just going out there at some intersections yeah. where police officers couldn't be or weren't. Yeah, they were out there. Yeah, and um, so Carolyn and I decided that we would walk from 34th Street to 72nd Street, and you know, there's certain pockets where like you know there's a lot of people, uh, but like all the restaurants are closed. Uh, certainly in the in the Midtown area, you would just see these restaurants of like the owners and the chefs standing outside, like you can't come in because we're obviously closed. Wow. Um, right. And then you know, I it was a nice walk all the way home. Uh, there was a nice breeze, thankfully because the sun's not out. Uh, and uh, yeah, by the time we got home. The uh, we had our power back on, so thankfully, we didn't have to like go to sleep with like, uh, like you know no AC. But a forty, a forty block walk is not ideal, but uh, but it wasn't the worst thing. So, so you did so power's gone at your place though. Yes. Mm. Yeah, we definitely lost power for a little bit, probably like two or three hours. Did um, everybody get it back at like at that round midnight, or were there some people without still? Do you know? You know, you know that's a good question. I'm not entirely sure. I okay. think they were just trying to like get as many, uh, getting as many people's uh, power back as possible as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. So makes yeah. sense. Yeah, man. So uh, all in all, you know, it's going to be one of those birthday dinners that you can't forget because the yeah. last time this happened. I want to say it was either uh, Hurricane Sandy, obviously, for a massive blackout of this scale. 
Yeah. Uh, but more more likely, it was like you know the year two thousand and three. You remember when we were at home, like that, like a northeast blackout for like a couple of days. Yes. Um. That's sort of what it reminded me of. Like people just like walking around, like all of these uh all these tours like walking in the middle of the street like recording stuff like i guess you know it's not often you get to be in new york city at night with like all these tall buildings that should be lit up that aren't lit up um but somehow central uh what's it called times square was still fine really i thought yeah. Times square was affected too um when we walked past it like we saw uh we saw all the billboards still up wow yeah, I was telling uh, Carolyn that it's like the Black Mirror-esque where, you know, you might have a, like a municipal blackout, but anything that's still playing ad still works, <laughs> you know, so. That makes sense. That, yeah. that, that could do it. Yeah. Yep. That's nuts. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad you, you weren't affected like too severely by it. Sorry you had to walk up those damn uh, stairs though. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully uh thankfully it wasn't the worst um but uh glad glad that uh we made it up decently okay yeah 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 so um yeah but you know tomorrow's 30th uh and uh pretty much uh i don't know i'm very excited for my 30s yeah yeah Are you gonna, i uh, treat yourself to anything with prime day Oh, it is Prime Day. Do you day, remember isn't that it? it's Prime Day? That's another no, question. No, I didn't. Is there anything good? You think has anyone anything leaked? Oh, that's I have like... no idea. I haven't been looking into it to be honest. There's some things that I might need to get, but I haven't really been looking into it. I'm kind of. Well, I don't really care for Amazon uh, sales because it seems like there's like 99 percent of stuff goes on sale. It's just complete junk, or yeah. not even junk, but just stuff that I'm not even remotely interested in. Yeah, and it's really difficult for me to find something that I'm like, oh. I would like to buy that, you know, and, right. and at the end of the day, it's always stuff that I don't really need anyway. So I'm not like, I'm not like excited or, you know, like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. You know, that's not like that. Yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah. The answer, but, I'm not sure, to be honest. How would you reflect and recap on your 20s as a whole? Uh, that's a good question. You've done a lot in your 20s. Done a lot of my twenties. You've had a um, lot of different jobs. A lot of different living jobs. In, moved up one quite city, a bit. But yeah. Yeah. Um, proud of like. Uh, proud of the progress that I've made in my twenties. Uh, some of the goals I hit way earlier than I thought I would in life, which is very exciting. Uh, traveled around the world. Uh, still trying to do a lot more of that. Um, yeah. You know, I'm in a really serious relationship right now, which is like a nice way to sort of end my 20s you know yeah. uh but uh i think there's still a lot more to do you know there's still more places to see Absolutely. Uh, you know ran a marathon uh yeah, last year capped so off like, your 20s with the marathon yeah yep, got a couple of more of those um trying to get in the better shape uh trying to be healthier from like a sleep perspective from like a natural anxiety perspective like trying to like live life a little bit more perspective so this idea, like, you know, knowing when you can put things down, knowing when you can freak out about stuff, when you shouldn't be freaking out about stuff, um, you know, trying to spend as much time with loved ones as possible, uh, all of that, you know, um, you know, the 20s were, 20s were wild, you know, there were some 
definite highs, uh, mm-hmm. some some lows as well. Uh, but I'm very happy uh, to be able to lean on the people in my life that uh, that I call dear friends. It's a good summary of that's a good way of breaking it down. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, it's not bad. Put you on the spot, and you you you, you that was it very that was well. not a that was not a written either. All right, <laughs> yeah. that's not one of these freestyles. That's like a little too smooth. Right, you know? right. Um, for people who want to see a real, you know, freestyle, you got to watch Lupe Fiasco on Sway in the Morning. Um, I thought you were gonna. Uh, gosh, what's his name? Something Loke, right? Oh, the Five oh, Fingers of Death. Yeah, King Loke. King Loke. King Los. Los. Yeah, Los. I yeah. think it's Los. He's good too. But uh, he's a little too angry for my taste. <laughs> um, I like because like Lupe like like a real groovy guy uh, in that uh, in that one. That is really funny coming from you because you've been out on Lupe for a while now. Yeah, I mean because Lupe Lupe messed up, man. Lupe is trying to be a ninja right now. He's trying to be a samurai, and I, I can't get on that train right now. He was trying to be samurai, and he's also trying to play like uh, was it like Tekken or something? Yeah, Pro- dude, come semi-professionally. On. Come on, come on. I liked his I liked his last album. Certainly not as much. I'm, I've been finding it difficult to listen to rap albums in general, like mm-hmm. to feel like oh this is a classic. You know, like so I haven't really been listening to any album on repeat. Maybe the closest that I got was um, like Bobby Tarantino too. Logic. Oh uh, yeah, I did. I did the Logic like couple of the the back to back albums, and they were pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I I think Logic is probably up there for me in terms of artists who who I will listen to their album you know, a lot, multiple times. And it's funny because I, I haven't been listening to Logic like anywhere near as long as a lot of other people have. I know people have been on Logic for a while. And it's not to say that I didn't like him. I just never really went out of my way to listen to him and never gave him a fair shake. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not really listening to anyone in particular right now. Uh, I've been listening to like The Killers again. Uh, Keen. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, um, yeah, man uh i'm excited though thanks for uh thanks for the birthday wish and uh certainly hopefully we'll uh we'll still be able to play some video games in this decade oh yeah we'll, we'll see <laughs> i think we might ha- i think we might have to retire first <laughs> we'll see what happens in 20 years we'll reconvene yeah, right? we'll reconvene at 50 see what happens when the kids are getting close to college and see if we get some time you know oh, when they're in high school and self-sustaining maybe yeah. it'll be like uh, they don't even need. They don't even need to have their licenses at that point. By that time, there's going to be self-driving cars. Just get the Uber. Like, get out the, I don't get out the house. I don't care. Yeah, right. Just get out. Get out. <laughs> um. Anyways, let's get out of here. All right. All right. I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.